Hi, everyone, and welcome. I'm Marty Stetzer, and this podcast is part of our EKT Interactive Oil and Gas Learning Network and brought to you jointly with Upstream Intelligence in the UK. Today, our topic is data-driven drilling and production. With an estimated global value of $31 billion by 2020, the digital oil field is the oil and gas industry's hotbed of innovation, now including big data analytics and the Industrial Internet of Things, or IoT. Upstream Intelligence is the foremost provider of business intelligence and analysis on this topic. Today, I'll be interviewing Jim Crompton, an industry veteran. Jim will be speaking at the fifth Upstream Intelligence Data-Driven Drilling and Production Conference in Houston in June, where attendance has quadrupled just since 2016. We're really happy to have Jim's input on this hot topic, an important part of the upstream business. Jim, welcome. Thanks, Marty. Glad to be here. Can you give our listeners your background related to upstream digital oil field, IoT, and analytics? Well, you describe me as an industry veteran, and I guess that's very true. Unfortunately, or fortunately, uh, I, I think I'm in my fifth decade in the oil and gas industry. Six years ago, I retired from a Chevron oil company for a 37-year career there. And the last about 10 or so years in that, I was very involved in what Chevron's version of, of all this was called the I-field, or gets more generally known as the digital oil field. And, and that got me involved with, uh, with a lot of technology companies, a lot of use cases, and, and even academia, which I, after retirement, I've kind of turned to um, that, the teaching the next generation workforce. So I'm an adjunct teaching faculty member, petroleum engineering department at Colorado School of Mines, where I developed a specific course on petroleum data analytics. Uh, but I have to admit in this area with such fast changing technology, I think I'm learning as much as I'm, I'm giving out to my students. Jim, thanks so much for being part of this effort. Your combination of Chevron consulting and academic experience is quite unique. can also give us some interesting insights. Your topic for the upcoming conference is digital transformation of the oil and gas industry, the hope, the hype, the current reality, and the challenges ahead personally like to know, have we made some progress since you've been associated with this for quite a while, and what do you see as difference, say, in the last three or five years? So let me turn it over to you, Jim. Well, I, I put this topic together because I, I was looking for a kind of a more organized and maybe a neutral kind of view of, of what is going on, because there's, you know, kind of you divide it up into two different categories, and you've got the the people that are really pushing the new technologies, and, and they are amazing for sure, but there's an awful lot of maybe over-optimism by the part of what, how technology will change you know, a, a very well-established industry. But on the other end, there's people saying, you know, well, you know, this isn't going to work, and it, you know, the oil and gas industry is different and not invented here, and, and you hear a lot of those naysayers as well. So I wanted to, I put this thing together in these kind of four parts in order to try to give up an independent and, and maybe balanced view of, of the things that are going on. But I do see progress. I mean, um, the digital oil field 1.0, which started in uh, maybe the early 2000s and some of the technology even well before that, you know, made a lot of progress in, in a number of areas, most of it offshore, 
drilling, offshore production sort of facilities. That was the area where an awful lot of this, uh, this thing uh, started. But then it kind of died off. And then clearly the oil price decline, 2014, 2016, I mean, that, that kind of put an end to digital oil field 1.0 as far as I, I'm concerned. But in the last few years, and again, it's thanks to technology that's coming in from uh, the outside of the industry, the big data analytics, the industrial internet of things that you mentioned, uh, it's kind of breathing new life. And it, it's, it's breathing new life in terms of, I'll call it operational technology, the, the life on the edge, the field instrumentation, the SCADA systems, another control technologies. And that is really added to what uh, the industry learned in its 1.0 phase. And so Digital Oil Field 2.0 has a lot more believers, it has a lot more technology, and it has some very interesting use cases. But as I, I wanted to start with this hope idea because there really needs to be an underlying business uh, demand for this. It isn't just adoption of new technology. That, that's the cool part. That's the part where most of you get most of the headlines. But I think there's a real business case for this, and that's why you have a lot more interested at executive levels. Uh, the C-suites are getting involved. They're pushing it, and a number of different companies you know, are, are, are talking about this. Most companies have some sort of pilot. And I think it has to do with this issue of productivity. You know, management consultants have been saying doing more for less forever. I mean, that's one of their common taglines. But when, when you can't guarantee that the high oil price will bail you out of workforce inefficiencies, then you, you really have to start getting more serious about productivity. The oil and gas companies, particularly with the shale revolution, et cetera, have really been able to produce a lot more barrels. And, you know, the growth in the the unconventionalists in the United States is just one very clear example of this. But it's, it's more than that. It's an issue where we not only have to produce more barrels, we have to produce more productive barrels. And, and the industry's kind of trend has been when you want to have more production growth, you just have more inputs. And that usually means more cost. And we do more for more. And, but, but if oil prices are going to stay around this maybe $60 to $80 range with some volatility in it, we're, we're going to have to become a more efficient industry. We're going to have to work on the productivity, on the, on the barrels per dollar per unit, you know, kind of, uh, uh, of effort kind of basis. So I think that's what the C-suite is driving is the business case here. It's a real concerned, top-down driven effort of doing more for less. And that kind of plays into digital. Uh, because you can maybe do more with the information that we're collecting. And certainly ever since the dawn of digital, 1. digital oil field 1.0, we've really mastered the art of collecting more and more data from almost all phases of the value chain. So if we can do more with the data, it requires less of people effort, more, uh, you know, better wells, longer uh, lasting uh, production uh, curves, uh, more ultimate oil recovery, et cetera. That I, that, so I think the, the, the hope is that more for less will actually be enabled by digital. Now, the hype about this is, is obvious. Technology advances, the new startup companies, even some of the interest in the big companies like Microsoft and Amazon with cloud-based uh, you know, platforms are, are, are just all over the place. I mean, you look at the new startups and they're, I mean, you just can't keep track of them all. There's so many interesting things going on. And a lot of them 
that are, are AI, analytics as a service sort of businesses. So the big data in terms of volume and variety and the, the velocity of, of the data coming in from the field on the, on the control systems, et cetera, you know, provides an awful lot, awful lot of opportunities. And, and again, these startups can start with a great idea, with an, with an algorithm as a product, and all of a sudden you've got you know, a lot of interesting op- opportunities. And a lot of these AI companies, AI analytics as a service or other sorts of startups, edge computing is another big thing that are, are, are trying to come in here. They are interested in oil and gas. They see it as an as a, a interesting market. So you've got companies that are maybe focused in many different markets, but oil and gas might be one of them. And you have some others that are just focused on oil and gas. And so there's the 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 hype is is real in a sense that these technologies exist and they are maturing, not all of them, but some of many of them are. And they're all they're all being uh, kind of deployed as pilots in many places and and you hear them the many talks nowadays or articles that where one of these um startup companies working with an oil and gas operator or an oil and gas service company are are starting to change the way they're doing business which you know the hype is is maturing it isn't all just marketing i mean there are some there's some real stuff behind the smoke jim that was that was very interesting to me the the productivity business case being married with some of these new emerging technologies. I was lucky enough to preview your slides for the conference, and I saw some really interesting examples in there of companies that are that are working these two dimensions. Can you share some of those with our listeners? Sure, and uh, and again, this this current reality, you know, kind of aspect of all this stuff is that many companies are piloting digital something where they call it digital transformation or digitalization or uh, a whole bunch of other things. But many companies are, are starting to uh, try to internalize this uh, as well as the inter- interaction with, uh, you know, third-party companies. And there's these centers of analytics excellence that combined data scientists. That's kind of the hot, cool job these days, data scientists. But you, you bring in the folks that are maybe masters of um, uh, of statistics, mathematics, applied mathematics, or operations research, a whole bunch of different ways. But they come in with their skills as uh, data programs, statistical languages like Python and R. And, you know, they hire, uh, you know, these folks, and they bring them in with domain experts. And then they bring them in, you know, with uh, folks who know where the data is, is hit, uh, buried within a corporation. And they come together as a project team, and they can develop some very interesting sort of, uh, sort of answers. A lot's been talked about in terms of the, the uh, drilling factory uh, improving, uh, the the essentially reducing the non-productive time on a drilling rig, drilling faster, drilling cheaper, and of all of the wells drilled in the unconventional world, you know, it's, it isn't the drilling cost anymore that's the problem; it's the completion cost. So we've gone from digital drilling in terms of measurement while drilling logging while drilling, very, very long laterals in terms of the directional drilling sort of things. I read the other day an article of a company drilled a, a, a lateral in the Permian Basin that was nearly three and a half miles long. So yeah, amazing ability to control where the drill bit is going within a certain targeted bench in the wolf camp and go for miles. I mean, that's a very digital you know, example of a use case. Another one has to do with 
critical equipment maintenance, trying to become more proactive uh, in your maintenance program, more, and even predictive in a sense. So you're not just running to failure on critical equipment anymore. You are moving towards the ability to, again, this is the idea of a digital twin, some mathematical model probably developed by uh, artificial intelligence or machine learning around which, how, how your equipment behaves. Now, you may not know the science behind it, but with enough data, you can develop you know, one of these models. And it, we can, you can move into the idea of predictive maintenance of critical equipment and even moving forward to the idea with artificial lift uh, units, which are you know, prevalent as, as soon as these, uh, um, these wells are, they go off the natural production, which is just usually in a three to six months, they need the artificial lift unit to keep them pumping. And we're trying to use our artificial intelligence from all of the data that's collected from equipment instrumentation to do set point optimization. And there's companies that do this analytics as a service for set point optimization on artificial lift pumping units. And it's spreading to all kinds of other artificial lift techniques. And eventually it kind of gets to this idea of nearly, and we're going from automated in terms of what our control systems are, to the concept of autonomous, uh, something that works without a human in, uh, interaction. Of course, humans set it up and design it and oversee it, but we now have, we are seeing the first platforms to be remotely operated from land or from some nearby production hub. And, you know, you know a lot of this is starting in Norway, but uh, Australia is another area where um, you have a hotbed of this kind of innovation, as you talked about. But we were going from automated to autonomous. And with that, you know, involves some sort of AI-driven mathematical model and an awful lot of data and humans acting as um, kind of overseers, not operators. And that's a, a dramatic, um, you know, kind of advance in this kind of area. Jim, those are terrific examples. What are some of the challenges ahead that you see? Well, I'll, most of the discussion goes, talks about technology. But if we have a, a problem with technology, a challenge with technology is it's, there's so much of it. What to use, how to, uh, how to integrate it with legacy uh, technology platforms. We don't change our SCADA systems, but every 20 years we don't, and we change our smartphones you know, every year. So there is a dramatic problem with the pace of change and uh, the commercial IoT is, is running as fast as it can. But the oil and gas industry has as a more measured, moderate pace. And joining those things up, knowing which company to work with, when to deploy. The old Gardner hype curve is an important kind of theme about how you, you watch technology when it's moving up the hype curve, but you don't really buy it till it's moving up that plateau of productivity, as, uh, as Gardner called it. So there, there's an issue about when to jump in to the technology uh, uh, streamline, I guess, if you will. But the other problems are, are less technical. There's a real problem with data. Now, you know, when I started a long, long time ago, the, the, my problem was there wasn't enough data to, to use. So I, my interpretation was almost art rather than science. Today, there's so much data, how to manage it. And I don't think it's so much the volume of data, but the variety of data that we're trying to bring together. Everybody says data. Well, some people say data is the new oil. Well, it's flowing at us from so many different directions. Being able to manage all of that, create these digital models, 
present a data access, a, a common data access to all the people who want to use it between silos. This is a silo buster kind of an idea that's really important. And then I think the last part, last big challenge that we have has to do with change management or your organizational culture. You know, everybody likes to drive change, but no one wants to be driven by it. So are you the, the initiator? Then it's pretty cool. If you're the victim of someone coming in and saying, I'm going to dramatically change, you know, how you do business, I'm going to threaten your current job, your skill set, your, your, your organizational power structure, if you will, in a, in a corporation, Deal, change management is, is often understated, and it is off, uh, but it is almost always a very significant issue. And just to add one last one, security. Um, there's kind of the good news is we are getting more and more connected. The bad news is we are getting more and more connected, and some bad actors are being able to figure out how to uh, uh, to get involved in the systems and and do bad things. So, it, it, cybersecurity has to be an issue that's designed in, not added on later. Thanks so much, Jim. That was really a comprehensive summary. Your experience and ability to explain these concepts will sure be valuable to the EKT Interactive and Upstream Intelligent listeners. I personally look forward to seeing the entire presentation at the conference. Speaking at the conference, the fifth annual Data-Driven Drilling and Production Conference will be held in Houston at the Royal Sinesta Hotel on June 11 and 12. To learn more about the speakers, attendees, and the workshops, just visit the Upstream Intelligence website at www.upstreamintel.com backslash data. You can download the brochure and sign up. Tell all your friends. It's going to be a great event. And finally, we have an exclusive offer for all our listeners. When booking your pass through the registration system, simply enter the discount code EKT5 and you will be given a 5% discount off the price of your pass. Our thanks again to Jim. If you're new to the industry as an IT, AI, or analytics professional and would like to learn more about how the important oil and gas industry works, check out our free Oil 101 Mobile Ready training series covering upstream, midstream, and downstream at www.ektinteractive.com. Thanks for listening.